The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the Ghost Recon Breakpoint and Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the 87 to my 55. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Uh, It's been a very long day. Uh, I'm doing better now. And it would probably be the first and last time I'm ever compared to a Legend of Zelda game. (laughs) In a positive light, at least. It's pretty exciting because we get to talk about the results of Metafall because, you know, one particular game that was part of the contest is is no longer coming out this year. You know what? I'm excited because I haven't even seen the results and usually I see them before we go. So I'm actually excited to see uh, where everything falls. No pun intended. (laughs) Everything has been kept secret, but... Obviously, you know, those two games and those two scores, uh, that's a little bit of a preview in case you're wondering. That was the highest scoring game and the lowest scoring game of the two. So Ghost Recon was 87? <laughs> yes. Because of that. Yeah, clearly. I, I mean, I have a hard time believing Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening could get above uh, 55 with that blur around the edges that everyone <laughs> seems to hate. <laughs> that motion blur is pretty intense. <laughs> Pretty intense. So, Josh, we're uh, getting towards the end of the year. Yeah, you're no kidding. <laughs> and I feel like we talk about that every time um, we podcast of how we're getting closer and closer to the end of the year and that the weather is colder and the days are shorter and all of that good stuff. But, you know, just very briefly before we jump into the whole show and we'll talk about this more in a future episode, from the video game perspective, and this will be, we're talking about news, but we'll have a pretty video game focused show because of Metafall. Uh, how do you feel about the year in video games as a whole right now? Well, it's interesting, I think, because the same thing happens now that happens to me every year, is I have a hard time, like, thinking back on the whole on the year as a whole. Right. So, like, I feel like I have positive thoughts about the year, mm-hmm. but I have this, like, sneaking suspicion in the back of my head there's been big, more disappointments than surprises for me this year right um for whatever reason i just have that thought i could be totally wrong but um uh, I, you know i try not to take the disappointments into factoring uh, if it's a good or a bad year because if i enjoyed myself and played great games then it's a good year so so i would say it's been a positive gaming year yeah for, it's interesting because resident mm-hmm. evil 2 came out this year yeah that was a long time ago <laughs> it does not seem like that, that was, was this year march right was it March? Was it March? I think it was, wasn't it February or January? Because I think Devil May Cry 5 yeah. was March, uh, I think. Yeah, I, I don't remember now anyway, at this point. Anyway, yeah. I have to do some research before we get into our closing out of the year stuff. 
Indeed. But we're just going to go ahead and jump into the show maybe a little quicker than we usually would because we have a lot to talk about today. So, hey, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at BoardWithVG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff we post over on the Instagram, also BoardWithVG. We're a proud part of Play Some Video Games and PSVG is on Patreon. We're absolutely thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone else who you think might enjoy it as well. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So enough of the housekeeping, Josh. It is a news week. Why don't you jump into some of the board game news? Let's do it. Uh, well, I, we'll start with this, the the bummer news. Well, one of the there's a couple of bummer news stories. Yeah, we'll start off with uh, uh, the board game community uh, lost a uh, I would say would you say prolific designer, a very important, very uh, well liked uh, and known game yeah. designer. Uh, by the name of Chad Jensen. Uh, he was known primarily for two uh, big things. Uh, one was being a incredible war game uh, designer, mm-hmm. and the other being um, the designer of Dominant Species, which came out in 2010, um, and it's a top 100, almost top 50 uh, board game geek rated game. Right. Um, and that's something like we talk about a lot, People people tend to forget it would be like if every video game was rated number like in numbers for every video game. Right. Like that's the board game geek rating is it's every board game. So it's it Dominant Species is currently at number fifty one, or at least it was at the time of this article, uh from DiceTowerNews.com. And that's out of tens of thousands of board games. So uh it's definitely a very well known game. An area control game. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, he was diagnosed with uh, uh, cancer in May of this year and passed away uh, not too long ago. Uh, November 15th, I believe. No. Yeah, November 15th. Or around that date. At least that's when the article came out. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, they did have a GoFundMe for him, but uh, he, you know, he, he lost his battle with cancer before any of that could really help him out. Um medically if it could have at all um, but but it will go to his family so that is nice uh, but yeah unfortunately we lose a member of the board gaming community which stinks yeah it is it's very very sad and you know when you think of someone who's able to design a game like dominant species that is so well regarded and so well loved and then also like you said you know has done some very highly regarded war games in combat commander, you know, Europe and Pacific that are also close to, you know, a couple of them, I think are in top 500 overall, which for war games is pretty impressive. You know, just looking at the work that he's done, he obviously was a very, very talented designer. Uh, so it's, that's, it's sad when you lose someone of that skill level, but obviously anytime we just lose a person who seems to be well liked and well regarded and seemed like to be genuinely just a pretty good person, um, it's always really sad to see. So very, you know, is rough and, and, you know, sending positive thoughts to his family and friends and, and what is probably a very, very difficult time for them. For sure. 
Okay, on some lighter news, the schedule for PAX Unplugged has been announced, has been released. PAX Unplugged is December 6th to 8th in Philadelphia again. I believe this is the 60th, 60th PAX overall, all the PAXs. Mm-hmm. I think it's big number 60, so they're doing some special things which aren't on the schedule, so I'm wondering what that's going to be about. Um, so Kyle asked, Kyle mentioned this in the Discord um, I had I had known about it. Um, he asked what I was doing. Uh, I, I'll say this: I only have four things scheduled, and it's a very loose schedule because, for me, while the the panels and the stuff are exciting and fun, for uh, Pax Unplugged has really been about the games for me. Um, so, last year I probably put twenty things on my schedule and did zero of those Mm -hmm. Um, just because we wanted to we didn't want to stop and not do something to wait to potentially do something if that makes sense right so um there are a few notable things uh first of all they did announce they don't call them keynotes anymore they call them story time Mm -hmm. Uh, and they did announce that uh, pax will kick off this year uh with uh, a chat between Penny Arcade co-founder Jerry Holkins and Eric Lang uh, from, I want to say from Coolman here or not, and he's uh, from <laughs> Come On, but he's not. He just does a lot of Come On games. But th- that's where you would know Eric Lang from. Um, there will also be uh, a special guests, including uh, Patrick Rothfuss, who makes regular appearances at PAX uh, conventions, um, and podcaster Travis McElroy. I'm not. I'm not sure who that is. <laughs> you don't know who the McElroys are? No. Should I? Oh, okay. I. They're pretty uh, well known. I feel like in the in the gaming community, but that's cool. It's just one of those things. We all have spots of. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look them about. up. I'm gonna have to look them up and see. Um, so I'll tell you. So what I have for my schedule, which is probably so I didn't I didn't do the keynote with Eric Lang because it's. The keynotes are important, but it's also at the very mo- it's at the most important time, which is when the exhibition hall opens on the first right. day of PAX, and it's for me, it's very important to get in there, and get the lay of the land. And on Fridays, it's pretty chill, because Saturdays is a, it's a madhouse, because everyone goes on Saturday. Right. Fridays, a lot of people they might come after work, but. It's pretty chill in the in like the daytime until like four p.m. You can kind of walk around. It's not super crowded, so that's when we we go. We check out who's where. If there's any games we have to buy that day, so that in case they sell out, that's the time we do that. Like I'll be looking mm-hmm. for a Pearl Brook, uh, the collector's edition, because that'll sell out. Uh, maybe Root this year because that sold out last year. So those are the things we'll be looking for. So I didn't put that on, although I would love to to check it out. However, at 11.30, I did put on my schedule the Penny Arcade Q&A. Um, and I put that on my schedule because it's the first one they've done at PAX Unplugged. They stopped mm-hmm. doing the Q&As, um, I want to say maybe five years ago, when they had some controversy come up in the um, Penny Arcade um, community over mm-hmm. Gamergate and some people... Um, I don't want to say what it was, but you know what their thing was with the wolves... The expletive deleted wolves. Oh, yep, yep, yep. So they they stopped doing Q and A's. So this is big that they're doing this again. 
mm-hmm. so I would like to go to it. Um, but we'll see. And then late at night, um, I did put down uh, Learn and Play. So they have Learn and Play, a room for Learn and Plays. And throughout mm-hmm. each day, all day, they have people coming in from podcasts or um, companies to teach a large group of people uh, like one game at the same time or multiple, but they typically have bunches, a bunch of copies of those games. So I put down um, the learn and play for what they call at the races. And now I'm trying to remember why, because <laughs> I don't see the game that's on here anymore. Um, so maybe, I don't know. At the races, the latest game from Meet Max Games designed for large groups to play together. Uh, play in teams, one hour of huge fun, training, sabotage, and betting on horses. Maybe my wife put that on there. I bet my wife put that on the schedule. <laughs> That's cool. They are doing something different this year that I didn't sign up for, that I considered. They have like um, an escape room slash experience, and it's a mm-hmm. huge section of the convention center. Like like almost, I think, 2,000 square feet. And it puts people into different teams, and it's a huge mega game that also incorporates escape room things. Mm-hmm. So it sounds really cool. I'll, I'll definitely investigate. Uh, I, don't, I just don't think my wife would be interested, so I didn't like sign up for it. Right. So that was Friday, just the two things I picked. For Saturday, I picked another Learn and Play. This one's um, taught from Bebo of Be Bold Games, mm-hmm. and it's learning um, parks from Keymaster Games and Tiny okay. Towns. I already know Tiny Towns, so I would be going for parks. Um. And then the AEG, uh, again, big game night, which is Saturday night, which we do every year. And that's where, you know, you sit down and they have all of these uh, AEG games and they do a raffle. I keep wanting to win Thunderstone Quest or like all of (laughs) Mystic Veil or something. So hopefully we'll win something this year. Um, But this year they're doing it a little different. Uh, Last year it was just all of their games and you just kind of sat down at a table and then when you were done, you try to find another open table to sit down at. Mm-hmm. This year, you pay. It does cost. It costs money to go. They limit it to 152 people, um, but they're actually telling you the games that you can play specifically are Curio, Point Salad, and Walking in Burano. So we know those are the three games that they'll be teaching. So now we know, like, we'll play all three. Right. You know, and then we can leave. We don't have to wait and try to fit more things in because it goes mm-hmm. from 7 to 11, which is nice. Um, and the Dice Tower Top 10 is also Saturday. I don't know why I didn't make my schedule, but um, it is and will be on my schedule. Gotcha. Uh, so Dice Tower Top 10. But the schedule is full of everything from tournaments to panels to learning how to paint miniatures to learning how to run RPGs, design games. Uh, it's all there. And like the schedule, I feel bad is because it's kind of really wasted on me because, you know, as when I was going to PAX East, I used to go to panels all the time. Right. Um, but that was before I was even really into board games. Like I was there mm. for, and I didn't want to wait four hours to play Evolve. Right. Cause for that sure. was a real thing. <laughs> it was insane. Hey, so I'm surprised a little bit that you're not going to the Gloomhaven 2, the next chapter panel. Maybe they added that and I didn't even know it. Yeah, it's Saturday morning at 10 and it's Tom Vassell with Isaac Childress. Yeah, they added that. 
So I'm okay. adding it to my schedule now and getting right. rid of the learn and play. Okay. <laughs> I was I was very surprised. I was like, ah, I felt that like that'd be right up your alley, but that explains it. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to re-look at the schedules then, because they must have added a bunch of stuff since I Yeah, there's there's definitely more stuff. Pathfinder Adventure Card Society, that's interesting to me. Uh okay, so yeah, cool. I'm glad you said that because now it's on my schedule. I will one hundred percent be there. Maybe I'll just send my wife off to go play games because she will not be interested in that panel. <laughs> very true. Very true. Are you worried at all that there's still three day badges available? No, actually, I feel good about that. Okay. They 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 increased. Um, uh, why am I blanking on the word I want to use? They increased attendance this year. Okay. So maybe they're maybe that's just something that they'll lower again next year. Right. Um, because they're not losing. At, oh, well, I shouldn't say they're not losing, but uh, I, I can't imagine because they increased as more tickets and they didn't sell out of three. I'm going to still bet that they sold as much, if not more than last year. But um, but I guess we won't. They don't release the numbers. So, right. I don't know that we'll know. I'm not worried about them canceling it. But you know what? If they do, maybe I'll go to Dice Tower Con next year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, who knows? But no, I, I think that's that makes me feel better because I won't. I like the first year was very relaxed mm-hmm. compared to like PAX East. Like the first year of PAX Unplugged was great. Even like talking to the Dice Tower guys, they were like, this is awesome. We've been able to like walk around and play games and hang out and it's not crazy busy. Right. And I was like, good. I'm glad to hear that because they actually got to enjoy themselves. So, yeah. Cool. Cool. Any other questions about PAX Unplugged? I don't think so. I just look forward to your report when you get back. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to go. Uh, I have my badges right here. I'm looking right at them. <laughs> uh, the next news story is the OP announces Clue Dungeons and Dragons. In fact, it's already available in Barnes & Noble and probably other places. I did notice it. Uh, it definitely has a different look uh, to the board-ish. I mean, it's yeah. still pretty similar, <laughs> um, but they def- it's definitely more artsy. Uh, the pieces are cool, like the whodunit pieces have like a bow and arrow and a sword and other things. <laughs> um, I'm kind of a big fan of the re- more of the Clue redos than the Monopoly ones. Like I have uh, Fire- Firefly Clue, um, which looks really cool, and they've done some pretty pretty cool recent like redos of Clue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which I enjoy. Uh, so yeah, it comes with custom score pads, character stands, personality cards. Uh, it actually introduces intrigue cards, and I'm not sure if that was used in other versions of Clue. Right. Um, and remembrance cards. So that sounds cool. I'll have to look into what those do. Um, but you're still trying to figure out where. So you're trying to okay. You're trying to find out who was killed. And replaced by a minion of Zariel. Uh, what weapon was used for the execution and where the puzzle box was hidden? So yeah, that sounds really cool. And it seems like, I don't know about you, but does this seem like this will be easier to introduce to serious gamers? Well, that was going to be my question. It was, who is this game for? <laughs> if you are a Dungeons & Dragons player, are you going to get Dungeons & Dragons clue? I mean... You might. Sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes I just want to play the game of life. Right. And I don't ever, like, 
there's no reason for me to ever want to play that game. Uh, but sometimes I just have that, that feeling like I want to do that. Sure, um, I can see that. So maybe it's like for the people who want a traditional game in their collection, but not the boring, bland version of it. Right. Because I was just trying to figure out who exactly this would be for. Because if I am just looking for Clue, I don't know that I'm going to buy the Dungeons & Dragons version. And sure. if I'm somebody who's super into Dungeons & Dragons, I'm not sure that I am also super into Clue. But maybe that overlaps more than I assume. That could be me being biased based off of how my circles overlap of what I enjoy. I mean, you could see this in the Clarence Benz in six months, too. So maybe you're more on than than other people like maybe how many you, maybe you know <laughs> how many times have you played your firefly clue i still haven't played it <laughs> yeah but that's but that's not uncommon with all my game backlog i guess that's true I guess that's very <laughs> that true. doesn't speak to clue firefly at all <laughs> all right but i mean yeah cool if somebody's interested in it it's a it's a nice new way uh to implement things so that's cool yeah Okay, next story is Azul gets new boards and an accessory. Uh, so, their third game actually just came out recently, uh, Summer Pavilion, which will also be at PAX Unplugged. Uh, but they also announced Azul Crystal Mosaic, uh, which it just has new content for the original game. It's going to come with four double-sided player boards uh, that have a new uh, layout uh, for the wall that you're building. It also includes plastic overlays, which were pretty popular on Etsy recently, and like um, mm-hmm. um, board game, like Meeple Source, I believe someone made these uh, overlays to keep the tiles in. So clearly, they took notice and they were like, "Well, we should make these because other people are making money off of <laughs> this design." So uh, this is basically just a official way to bling out your game, right? Yeah, I mean, I like the double-sided boards. It adds different uh, tiles, like different True. patterns, which is nice. Um, but yeah, uh, it makes sense. Like, some people just would prefer to buy it directly from the manufacturer anyways. Mm-hmm. At least you have that big box retailer promise. Like, if something comes broken, you know, you can return it kind of thing. Right. Um, and it's probably a little cheaper than the Etsy version, too. But I don't know if that's true yet or not. Uh, but as it comes in a nice square box that will fit along with your collection of other Azul games. so <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> you can just pop that right in there. Uh, no notifications, please. All right. I'm going to save this story for last. Uh, let's that do like a good idea. Days of Wonder debuts Alexa skills for Ticket to Ride. So uh, this was something I noticed. Ooh, I don't even remember where. But Days of Wonder has announced that they have put out in Alexa skill for Ticket to Ride. If you're not familiar with Alexa skills, uh, basically you have to, you say, like, I don't want to say it because I don't want to get my thing going in the other room, but you you say how you activate your device and then you say, you can Google like what skills are, but basically um, you ask them to like use this skill. Uh, one There's like one, there's like a choose your own adventure storytelling thing that you can do, like just sitting mm-hmm. And you're living them, but you have to install these skills so that it knows where to access the content. And basically what you do is you say uh, you want the skill for Ticket to Ride. And you play, you launch Ticket to Ride via Alexa. And you can either go on a guided journey uh, from setup to the end of the game, which is basically like teaching you how to play the game. 
and or you can also have uh, the 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 Alexa or the Echo act as an additional player for groups looking for an extra person, or if you want to play solo. And I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it also provides thematic background music and sound effects while you're playing. So I think that's really cool. I'm glad that they did that, uh, especially if you want to play like a full ver- a full game. You can just add in that literal automata player to your game. Right. What do you think? Is this something you're going to try out? Do you have uh, Echoes or an Alexa? I don't have Echoes or an Alexa or anything like that. So it is not something I'd be, I would try out. But I'm always in and down for board games or really any game, trying different ways to play the game, to approach the game, to experience the game. So I would love once you try it or once others try it, you know, to let me know their experiences with it. Cause I think this is really interesting. And especially when, you know, we talk about how hard it is sometimes to play games by yourself um, or, or to have maybe a, a third person, even if this is becomes a more viable option for things like that down the road, I would, I'm all for it. So it's interesting. I think it's a cool move by them. I'm really inter- I want to know how it all pans out in the end and how good and effective it is. Yeah, I should know it also works for Ticket to Ride Europe. Um, but maybe maybe I'll try and do this before we record next so I can talk about it. Uh, That'd be cool. Conveniently, the day before we record uh, with Mr. Joseph Chen, which I should I guess we can tell people we're recording with Fantastic Factories. Uh, creator uh, Joseph Chen, tentatively scheduled. Tentatively scheduled. Um, co- conveniently, the day before that is scheduled, I have our friends giving, uh, which means we'll be playing board games. So nice. I should have some board games to talk about. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, okay. So last story, uh, big story. Uh, I kind of stumbled onto it while doing my normal twitter what's going on what what bad things are happening in the world search which is how i address twitter now i check right. my news to see what terrible things happened and then i was scrolling through my feed um and came across well came across this unfortunate story so uh headline via reddit is a uh, victoria man accused designer slash developer jr honeycutt of abuse uh she went on to medium.com which is like a kind of like almost like a live journal kind of page but it's it's somewhere where you can kind of go as anyone to write a story that you want to share or um or tell uh and it's like open forum for for stories uh, and lots of personal stuff ends up on medium uh, so I'm not going to read her whole statement. You can find it if you go to medium.com and search for uh, Victoria Man. Um, it was posted on November 15th. It's listed as an 11-minute read, which is something that you can decide to do if you want. But basically, this is a young woman who is in the board game hobby and has been uh, in some aspects in the board game field as far as a career. Uh, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, who talks about meeting this designer at uh, PAX East in Boston when she was younger and he was older. She talks about their experience um, meeting him and how things started, that he was a married man and 
and they had they started this friendship that became a little bit more and unfortunately it goes on to describe uh what she describes as uh, sexual assault sexual situations violence cheating and drugs and alcohol I, I you know this isn't my story to tell so i'm not going to to try to convey her words to the listener from you know from my own out of out of experience mouth but uh here's something i would say having read her statement it it is very well written and and very descriptive which leads me to believe it right away uh but like we're in such a tough time where i just have so much trouble grasping how i'm supposed to retake things and process things so i didn't really know what i gleaned out of this like where where did this story come from do i need to know the other side should we always know the other side of these kinds of stories but what but what i did notice was going through twitter all of a sudden all of these people started uh saying things and when i say all these people i mean people who either know victoria or worked with jr at some point and publicly denouncing this person and what they had done and for me kyle i don't know if you feel the same way or not but the one thing i noticed that was different right away was um so i'm going to compare this to the chris hardwick thing because the chris hardwick thing that came out uh, last year during the me too stuff was tough for me to hear because of how big of a fan i was of his Mm-hmm. But I also noticed uh, lots of people not saying anything or lots of people supporting him still. And the one thing I didn't notice with JR was any support from the people that he worked with, which in my mind gives more credence, gives more um, backing to her story, meaning maybe these people kind of see that maybe that's his character. Mm-hmm. And that's at least and that's how I was processing it in my right. mind because if it was like maybe if it was like me and it was someone i knew but i didn't know this part of the story maybe i would make a statement saying i'm waiting to hear the whole story before i make a comment mm-hmm. or i stand behind this person because i don't believe their character is true to this story something like that so i feel maybe there's more support for her than there is against um and she did say at the end of her thing, like, before people start accusing her of lying and stuff, uh, she does have proof, but it's not for it's not to share. She doesn't want to glorify or publicize that part of her life that she went through. Um, and she admits to making mistakes, and and that was one of the things I kind of like thought to myself. Like originally, this is the problem. Right? Originally, I'm like, well, you put yourself in this situation. And in my head, I'm saying that, and then I'm like, whoa, why am I saying that? That's not okay. You put People put in themselves in bad situations all the time, and right. you don't always know the outcome. So right. um, to anyone who reads the story and thinks that way, like I did for a second, think about someone you know being in a situation that might be like this, or even yourself, and maybe you don't know the right thing to do when you're in that spot. And and that's one thing that I kind of took away was it's just kind of this like 
people say like the boomer, the, this okay boomer movement and stuff like that that's going on. Right. That people are right. products of their generation. Well, mm-hmm. I think that maybe your first initial reaction is a product of your generation, but you can change what you do with those thoughts after you think them. Oh, absolutely. And um, I think for me, it, the, this young lady's story is important and it needs to be heard and believed first and foremost. But yeah, I, that's a I, that's a me statement. I I think specifically when you read her statement, and really anyone who comes forward and talks about situations like this that happen to them, it is not unnatural for folks. I, I have mostly gotten myself out of doing this, but doing that idea of well, why did you put yourself in that situation? And for better or for worse, all of us put ourselves into situations that we make ourselves vulnerable with ideally people we trust and as long as those people we trust don't take advantage of us we don't have stories like this to share right but when those people you when you when your trust is betrayed that's when stories like this happen so i think that's the big thing that people need to step back and think about for a second of well why did you put yourself in that situation why did you do that thing that was stupid all of us have done that yeah just many of us have been fortunate enough to have friends and confidants and other people who we are with that don't betray our trust Yes. And once that happens, we would have a story too. You know, so I think that's kind of the big thing when you read these stories is to recognize that, yeah, it, 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 you know, theoretically, everyone should be able to put themselves into a situation um, where they're vulnerable with someone because that's where emotions and relationships and deep connections come is doing that. And unfortunately, that's why people like, you know, JR. And I think it's kind of clear at this point, even from his statement that he released about it that he's a predator and he grooms people for these situations and he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Um, he did release a, a statement on his Facebook page that basically agrees with almost everything she says. And he just doesn't talk about or admit anything that might be illegal. So if it's a, something right. that he could potentially get in trouble for, he doesn't mention it. And that's about, and that's it. Anything else that she wrote, he's like, yep, that happened. Absolutely. That happened. I'm sorry, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, he conveniently doesn't mention any of the things that might legally be problematic for him. So I, I don't think it's too big of a jump to say that this is what happened yeah, or very close to what happened. Uh, and I, I think, too, if you look at, like you said, the response from everyone else and the folks he has worked with and just even other people on Twitter now who have come forward with their interactions with him, it seems pretty clear that this is not an isolated incident, that this is something that he does regularly. And that's, I mean, disappointing is putting it mildly, right? This yeah, is, for sure. We talk about how we want to create places where women feel welcome to play games. And then people talk about how we're going too far the other direction and that, oh, we're being too sensitive about it. And of course, everyone's welcome. But you hear stories like this, like these are the reasons that is important to talk about it. And it's important to make sure we're having it at the forefront because if women were truly welcome and treated equal in these situations, these situations wouldn't happen. Are you always going to have a bad person or two? Absolutely. But I promise this isn't probably the only story related similar to this for women in the board game industry. Yeah, for sure. Um, unfortunately, um, I, I guess I like to like romanticize the fact that I think board gaming is way more welcoming to women. And I think the, the sad truth is, and when I say that, I mean, compared to video games. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I say that 
Um, I, I really don't think that that's true. I think it's probably just less vocal or at least less in our radar, but uh, I'm, I'm going to guess, unfortunately, because it's kind of has a pretty large overlap in the, the uh, gaming groups. So right. they're, they're still present. Unfortunately, I think maybe they just think their voices are more heard on the video game level. Well, and I think if you think about it, in some ways, you'd have to think that board gaming would be less, less welcoming, right? Because at least you can still interface with the hobby from a video game perspective without talking to people yeah. or interacting with other people. Like, that's a thing you can do still. You can either play single-player games or you can play multiplayer games with no voice chat, which is still horrible that that's the situation. It shouldn't be that way. Yeah. But you could still interface with the hobby, and that really isn't possible so much in board games. It's in- Well, it's interesting because last year – well. The two years I've been to PAX, there's so many um, women that are there playing yep. games. It might even be a 50-50 uh, mm-hmm. ratio. However, there was a big thing last year about women not being on panels. Yeah. And they made a big deal out of it last year. And I'm not sure if that has improved this year, but I'm going to guess it it had to at least a little bit. Um, I'll have to re-look re- at that schedule to see if it has improved but yeah that's all the board game news uh off uh so to end it on a, on a positive note be more welcoming to women if you're playing board games in your community yeah. in your social groups um and yeah don't be don't be that guy literally <laughs> right well and i i I think though what you said, and I want to I want to applaud you, Josh, for saying what you did about the fact that you initially had that thought of why did you put yourself in that situation, yeah, and then you caught yourself and thought about why did you think that way, and I think that's the most crucial step for us all to do. We're all going to make mistakes in the way we think or the way we approach things, or we're going to have gut reactions about something, like you said, based off of the way we were raised and the things we were taught. But stopping asking the question of why am I thinking that. And truly self-reflecting on that is so critical. And we're all going to make mistakes and do stupid things and say something and re- immediately regret what we said. Those things are going to happen, but we need to do a better job of trying to think through all the thoughts that we're having in our head, why we're having them, uh, to just get better about these things, to to reduce the chance of these things happening. And I think the biggest thing, too, is, is kind of like you said, don't assume it's not happening because you can't see it. Right. You know, or you haven't heard about it. So do the best you can to make the games that you're playing open and welcoming. Ensure that, you know, folks are welcome at the table. And then if somebody feels uncomfortable, that you're doing something to help them feel more comfortable. Um, and if that's from you removing yourself from the situation because you're being the weird one, do that. <laughs> My wife and I have the conversation all the time. The first time we interacted was really awkward. It was super weird. Because my boss, we were working together at the time. He's like, oh, she's new. Try to be really, like, welcoming. And I was, like, way too welcoming. So I was, like, weird. (laughs) And she's like, I don't really want to talk to you anymore. I'm like, okay. So I left, you know. And now, look, we're married. So things can work out. It's fine. You just got to know who you truly are. But, like, sometimes you're the weird one. And it might be because you're tired. It might be because you truly have struggles with how you interact with people. But think about those things. Do better. Yes, do better. For All sure. right. Well, we'll move on to some video game news. And it's always hard to follow up stories like that when we then start talking about yeah. things like the game <laughs> Anthem. But uh, a 
News post by Jason Schreier over on Kotaku says that Bioware is planning for a complete overhaul for Anthem. Now, important thing in this article, if you take the time to read it, like I said, it's at Kotaku.com. Uh, it's not a super long article, and it's not very... There's not a lot of specifics in it. There's a lot of generals that Bioware isn't super happy with where Anthem is, and they're looking at overhauling it, but they're not totally sure what that's going to look like or when it's going to happen. So... It doesn't tell us too much, but what I want to know, Josh, A, are you surprised to hear that Bioware is still in some way committed to Anthem, and what would they need to do to bring you back? I'll tell you what, what, (laughs) this story is so stupid. If they are going to redo Anthem, I have no interest in revisiting a new overhauled Anthem. Why not own your mistake and f- and support your current fan base? Remember, this game came out this year. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about how long the year is. Support your fan base. There are still people playing Anthem. It's not me. Um, You can look at Destiny, right? You can update your game and fix problems without starting from scratch. This isn't... I feel like... Is this like No Man's Sky Syndrome where they go, oh, well... Someone did this, so we can also do this. Not everyone's going to be No Man's Sky. Anthem is not No Man's Sky. It will never be No Man's mm-hmm. Sky. Um, I don't know. I, I really think either cut your losses or support your current fan base and just keep updating your game as it is. A new version of Anthem, an overhaul of Anthem, I, I can't. As someone who paid, did I buy Anthem for us? As someone who paid eighty dollars for Anthem, mm-hmm. I I can't get behind buying a new version of Anthem. Right. Well, and that's what's interesting is that they don't even know if they're going to release it as a new version, where it's right. going to cost money, or what's going to happen. And it it's just very interesting when you look at the fact that they had this roadmap of everything they were going to do, and they basically threw the roadmap out and said this is not what's going to happen anymore. And it's, it just, you know, I, I don't even know what to think because um, the lead produce, yeah, B- producer Ben Irving left in August. And then um, Chad Robertson, who's in charge of the live services in September, said, oh, yeah, we're working on all these things and then left like a month and a half later. You know, <laughs> so everyone who is, quote unquote, high level, it seems, with this game is, is no longer with this game anymore. But apparently they're still working on it. So. I'm interested to see what they do. I just, you know, they also had that article that came out recently that said they're in very, very early stages of the next Mass Effect. I I don't like it. I don't like any <laughs> bit of this. Uh, I was considering revisiting Anthem mm-hmm. as it is just to see where it's, sta- where it's standing at now because I do know that you could argue it's a different game from when we played it. Right. Uh, already uh, because of just some of the stuff they they changed in the game, like being able to go to the forge right from the from the field and, fa- right. and travel, all this stuff. Like, I just don't understand why they're abandoning that. Um, but I mean, I guess go for it. <laughs> Bioware. Right. I don't know yeah. you anymore. You're a stranger to me, Bioware. So uh, maybe not. Maybe maybe stop with anthem and make a better mass effect focus on dragon age 
Maybe take all those people and put them somewhere that's going to use their time better. I don't know. <laughs> no, that sounds good. That sounds good. I'm just so, angry. <laughs> I, I just feel like, you know, Bioware has really let you down, I feel, in the last couple of releases based off of Mass Effect. Two Andromeda, strikes. And yeah. So One more. Are you going to get the their Dragon Quest game whenever it comes out? For sure. Wait. We got another year. Hey, Dragon least. Age, not Dragon, Dragon Quest. A- I know Sorry. you meant. I know you meant. Yeah. <laughs> Those are um, different in fact, series. I hope... I actually am hoping for a slowdown in games for us so I can revisit Inquisition. Um, knowing that we're about to get a tease on December 4th for the new Dragon Age. Yeah. Um, Dragon Age Day. Yeah. So... All right. Uh, you know, we have a whole Xbox podcast, so we're not going to dive too deeply into this. But XO19 happened, uh, and by all accounts, Steve, it was, like, pretty good. Yeah, it was, <laughs> as I said on the Discord, it was better than their E3 presentation. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, whether you want to play XO, really what this did is this, you know, kind of, Game Pass and the Switch now are basically the same system. It's where do you want to play your three-year-old games? <laughs> Is that too snarky? Am I being too snarky? Uh, okay. I'm sure the Nintendo people will appreciate the jab at Xbox. <laughs> uh, I'm too snarky. I Actually, I, I got to admit, though, when I listened to the State of the Xbox Empire, uh, I was really happy because I was expecting a whole bunch of jabs at PlayStation, and it was really nice that all the jabs were at Stadia. So they yeah. listened to an entire <laughs> Xbox podcast, and they never really made fun of PlayStation. They just made fun of Stadia, which was kind of made my heart happy. Yeah, they only but, made uh, Devin upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Josh, what was like maybe a favorite announcement or two from XO19? We're not going to go through everything. Like I said, you can listen to the State of the Xbox Empire for that. But what was a favorite thing or two that was announced for you? Well, first I want to say um, I didn't know to expect this. Um, I don't know if there was any information about this um, before it came out, but I just expected it to be like another, um, uh, what do they call them? The Xbox ones. Inside Xbox. Inside, I, I expected it just to be another Inside Xbox, which means um, terribly boring and um, horribly disjointed and, horrib- and, and awfully produced. Uh, and this was none of that. There was there was some leaks a little bit ahead of time. Which I didn't look uh, at. Yeah, which which yeah. definitely said that if you are interested in Xbox first party development, there'll be some things that are interesting to you. And if you're a Game Pass subscriber, this will reinforce the value of Game Pass or potentially get you onto Game Pass, which I think is pretty much what this show did. Yes, ab- absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So highlights for me, I'll tell you one big highlight. I'm as a beta uh, xCloud uh, person. Just the day before this, I was showing people at work that I had xCloud. I brought my controller in and just showed them on my phone how how easily um, Killer Instinct runs on xCloud. Mm -hmm. And there was, you could play Killer Instinct, Gears of War, 5, why am I blanking, Sea of Thieves, and I want to say Halo 5. There was four games you could play. Right. And after this XO, there was there is still 50 games I can just launch without owning mm-hmm. right onto my phone via mm-hmm. xCloud. Yeah. As long as I have a good Wi-Fi connection, which is awesome. That blew me away. I didn't even believe them when they said that. I thought that they were just like coming to xCloud. 
so that was incredible. Um, they did they did start off the show with the, the live action Star Wars uh, trailer, which I thought was going to be a waste of time, but actually was uh, remarkably charming and sweet, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that. It got the hype levels going. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else really. I'm really excited to be able to play Reach on PC now uh, with maybe, hopefully, Lucas uh, from PSVG and even play Halo Reach with four people maybe on Xbox Game Pass because one of my favorite memories of Halo games is playing four-player Reach in my house when we had two TVs and two Xboxes hooked up together. Um, It's probably one of my favorite Halo stories. Mm Mm-hmm. As far as like playing, like we played Legendary Four Player Halo Reach was awesome, so I'm glad that they added that to the Master Chief Collection, and it will be in 4K, which is awesome. Um, what else did we saw? A bunch of stuff. Um, I'm I'm happy to see that uh, Rare is working on a new IP with Everwild. Yep. That was really cool uh, as well. Uh, man, I don't want to take up if you have any talking points, but I'll tell you what. Uh, adding 10 Final Fantasy games to Game Pass is insane. Uh, insane. And I will for sure revisit X uh, or 10. Mm-hmm. Or one of my favorite Final Fantasies. Yeah. Um, but it was something we talked about at the beginning of this year or the end of last year was were we ever going to see Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 on the Xbox? And now we right. finally are going to see those. Yep. Uh, not on Game Pass, uh, nope. but that's, I think that's great because I still haven't touched Kingdom Hearts 3, and now I can play 1 and 2 with my wife, mm-hmm. you know, if she likes 1, move on to 2, um, and that's just a couple of awesome things they announced. I mean, I don't want to take any more away from you if I already took some from you, but... <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, it was just, for me, uh, it was a great show. It was a great showing from them, and what a way to close out the year, even though apparently they're not done closing out the year because I guess we have, uh, according to Phil Spencer, at least another game studio acquisition uh, acquisition, <laughs> acquisition, and more games coming to Game Pass before the year is over. So I'm excited to hear the rest of that, too. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the big thing is, like, obviously at... The Game Awards, we already know that Gears Tactics will be there. Yes. They've confirmed that, so we'll see more about that. Oh, and they said um, a new IP, right? Oh, maybe. They I said just a know new first-party Tact- title. Yeah, I just know Gears Tactics has been confirmed that it will be there. Yes. That the Game Awards tweeted about it, so we know that that's going to be there. So, yeah, probably another new first-party title. Uh, I do like that they are mixing it up with their first party, and I, I had said this on our Discord, which you should definitely check out and, and join us for conversations there. That when you looked at this show and you look at what their Xbox's first party is doing, you know, definitely not every game that they are making is for me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But some games are. And when you look at how diverse of their portfolio is from game styles and game types, it is hands down the most diverse first party studio there is, including Nintendo's, I would argue. Um, for me, you know, unfortunately, like 
Flight Sim looks beautiful. Never going to play Flight Simulator. Oh, it looks so um, good. <laughs> it looks beautiful. It looks amazing. Like, Wasteland 3, I'm never going to play Wasteland 3. Like, these are just games that I'm not going to play, but I'm very glad exist. Age of Empires, I'm not an Age fan, so I'm not going to play that either. But it's very cool that, that, games, that that's a new studio that has been formed, that has a home that they're going to continue to hone and work on. I think that Xbox is just firing on all cylinders right now. For me, the biggest thing of a lot of the announcements, you know, Awesome, like you said, to see the Final Fantasy games coming over. I've pretty much already played all of them that I want to, though. Same with, like, the Yakuza games are coming over, which is great. I already played them. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of, for me, being that I was a PlayStation gamer and have played a lot of Japanese-based games, a lot of what they're talking about now um, are things I've already done, but it's cool that other people are going to get those experiences. I think, for me, the mo- the biggest thing that stood out that we haven't really talked about yet is the new game from Don't Nod. Yes. Um, so Tell Me Why is going to be their next game. They're the Life is Strange developers. It's going to be an Xbox exclusive coming out summer 2020. Um, but all of the episodes, it is going to still be episodic, but all of the episodes are supposed to be out that summer. Uh, and it tells the story of, uh, of some siblings and one of them with their transition. So uh, I'm very interested in that and the fact that they're developing a game based on that. They have, from what it sounds like, a trans actor who's doing the voiceover for it, which is very cool to hear. Um, and it sounds like from those few articles I've read, I don't know if they have anyone on their writing team specifically who has those experiences, but they definitely are working with uh, advocacy organizations uh, to try to ensure that. <laughs> I made sure to make noise so you can't edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, to try to ensure that it is a probably not a great time to have that laugh either. Uh, to ensure that it is a uh, meaningful and a, a good representation of what that experience can be like for some people. So, yes. um, and that's what I like games for. I like games to give me perspectives that I can't um, have because of, of the identities that I hold, and, and giving me a little bit of insight into at least how that might be. Obviously, I'll never be fully able to experience it, but hopefully, to develop my empathy a bit. So, sure, uh, yeah. But it, it was a great showing by them. You know, like you said, I'm interested to see what they're going to show the rest of the year still. Um, but I thought a very good XO19 overall. Josh, do you play games for too long? <laughs> Are you asking me or my wife? I'm asking you. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, luckily for you, you don't live in China. And I guess we could probably say that for a lot of reasons. But uh-huh. <laughs> uh, according to some new rules issued by the Chinese government lately, uh, game companies cannot let players younger than the age of 18 play their online games between 10 p.m. and and 8 a.m., and there's also additional restrictions keeping them to only 90 minutes of game time, uh, this being reported by USA Today and other places. You know, Josh, we talk about video games and managing, you know, how much we play and how often we play and durations of sessions and all that thing. Obviously, China is a little different than the United States. Yes. Do you think... Just a little. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... (laughs) I mean, is your reaction to this immediately, well, that's ridiculous? Or what's your reaction to hearing China restricting game playing time? Uh, do you want what my honest reaction to it is? As long as it stays PG, because we are a family-friendly show. Uh, my honest reaction to that story is, yep, yeah, it's China. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, <clears throat> honestly, that uh, 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. thing, uh, it, I agree with it. However... That's a parent's decision, not a country's decision. <laughs> so while I agree that children shouldn't be playing video games from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m., 
because they should be sleeping. Right. <laughs> uh, that's my own opinion. <laughs> and I'm also not going to sit here and tell someone how to raise their children because that's their children. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you live under a dictatorship in a country like China that is very oppressive and has always been. <clears throat> it's not surprising to hear. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's probably the more tame story that you hear out of how China uh, like enforces things on their citizens. So um, I guess it is what it is, right. is what I'll say. I mean... Um, I already thought this was a thing, to be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought um, people weren't able to play games for more than like an hour at a time or something crazy like that. They 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 had these things where they were locking it down um, internet service for places like I don't know if those are urban legends or true facts or what anymore. Right. Um, but those are the kind of things that like you kind of hear about China that may or may not be true, but we (laughs) know this is true at least. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, it's China. I I wasn't totally surprised by it, Uh, but I always find it interesting how different countries and different places choose to enforce um, regulations around or what things that they think will improve um, gaming or, or culture for people who are gamers, right? Like, oh, it's better if you play less type of a deal. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're, you're, <laughs> it's wrecking you if you play a lot. Um, so yeah, there you go. China restricting game usage. Uh, will the US be next? I really don't think so, but you know, never, who knows? All right. And the final video game news story, and we're going to go through this pretty quickly. Uh, the Golden Joystick winners have been announced. You might remember a few weeks ago, we voted on our Golden Joystick Award uh, selections. And I will say, we're not going to go through all of the nominees. We're just going to let you know who won in each of these categories. Josh, I'm going to just go through this quickly. You let me know if you have any thoughts on them. Sounds good? <sighs> yeah, I'm nodding, but yeah, sounds good. <laughs> all right. So, number one, best storytelling. Winner is Days Gone. Don't say boo. That game was great. Uh, Best multiplayer game, Apex Legends. Hooray. Still playing award goes to Minecraft. (laughs) Best visual design, Devil May Cry 5. Their teeth. I mean, it's all about their (laughs) teeth. teeth. Uh, Best indie game, Outer Wilds. Wow, man, you're just out of the theater tonight. (laughs) Uh, Esports game of the year, Fortnite. Boo. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing, <laughs> actually, because, yeah, the competitive scene there is really interesting. Uh, best audio, Resident Evil 2. Yay. Yeah, like that seems pretty good. Uh, best game expansion, GTA Online Diamond Casino Update. You bet it is. Best VR AR game, Beat Saber. Uh, FOMO. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Beat Saber's great. <laughs> uh, best gaming hardware, the NVIDIA 20 Series Super Graphics Card. Sure. <laughs> best performer. Logan Marshall Green. Who that? I had to look it up. Apparently, he was in Telling Lies. What's that? So, it's a. It's a. I think it's maybe mostly mobile. Um, it is a. Oh shoot! What is their previous game called? It's okay. Let's not get into it. No, because that was gonna bother me, and I won't remember. Uh, it's the lie. It's the. Um, Crap, it's the full motion video game where you're watching a Oh, video the PlayStation of thing? No, 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 that's Erica. It's by the people who did Her Story. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a their follow-up game. But anyway, he's in that. Great, I good think. job. 
<laughs> Sorry, back on track. <laughs> Studio of the Year, Epic Games. Okay. <laughs> Best new streamer slash broadcaster, Ewok. Ah, uh, I like Endor. <laughs> I, think she, I think she is a Fortnite streamer, I think. Uh, breakthrough Award, House House. You said it twice. Yeah, that's what it's there. Uh, mobile Game of the Year, BTS World. Ha <laughs> ha. Outstanding <laughs> Contribution, Life is Strange. Sure. I heard it's good. P- yeah. PC Game of the Year, World of Warcraft Classic. Great. The best PC game was a game that came out 20 years ago. <laughs> um, PlayStation Game of the Year, Days Gone. That's wrong. Xbox Game of the Year, Gears 5. Also wrong. <laughs> Nintendo Game of the Year, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I mean, isn't that the only game on Nintendo? <laughs> oh, wow. Most Wanted Game, Cyberpunk 2077. Yay. Critics' Choice Award, Control. Heck yay. Lifetime Achievement, <laughs> Yu Suzuki. Yu Suzuki, my friend. Yu Suzuki. <laughs> and Ultimate Game of the Year, Resident Evil 2. Okay, that's a weird Ultimate Game of the Year, but, I mean, that's a good game, so... It is a good game. But, like you said, it also was a good game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so, anyway, there, those are the Golden Joystick Awards for 2019. Uh, like I said, you can check out the whole list at Games Radar and a whole bunch of other places, but I just thought we would go through them quickly hmm. since we had done our votes for them. With that, we'll move on to the topic of the show, and Josh, it is complete. Metafall 2019 is done. What did I win? We will talk about that in a moment. So we're going to go through <laughs> all the games and discuss the scores, how we did, and announce the winners, as well as review Fall 2019 as a whole in terms of the games. Hmm. So I have seen the results. Josh has not seen the results. I will only talk about the general, the two of us. Um, but then I will give the winners and all that good stuff on the at the end. Oh. All right. Part of the application was how was a question about how I should refer to you on the podcast. Uh, Josh filled it in as butthead, <laughs> uh, which I will not do other than that moment. Oh. But sorry. The first game, uh, Gears 5, came out September 10th. Uh, Josh, you predicted an 88. I predicted a 90. What do you think Gears 5 ended at? Oh, my God. We're going to do this. I th- uh, oh, we are. 85. Oh, close. 84. Yay for me. Yeah, so very close. <laughs> nicely done. So, overall, Gears 5, pretty pretty solid reception for that game. A little lower than you and I had predicted. Um, we both have played Gears 5 a little bit. What are your reactions to the game as a whole? Oh, I would have to play it more to give a reaction. I was really soured on our experience. Mm-hmm. when we started so i i haven't really put any time into it what is holding you back uh this backlog going i back. have <laughs> okay do you think you'll play it before the end of the year uh oof. do we have anything else coming out between now and the end of the year uh shenmue 3 <laughs> uh, then, uh yeah i'll pro it'll probably be if i pick my order star wars death stranding gears okay there we go all right. So, yeah, and I, like you, have only played a little bit of Gears. I would like to get back to it and finish it before the end of the year, but it also kind of didn't grab me as much as I was hoping, and I, I got interrupted by other games, one of those other games being Borderlands 3, came out September 13th. Uh-oh. Josh, you predicted a 92. I predicted an 86. Uh, where do you think Borderlands 3 ended, Josh? Closer to you. It, that is correct. <laughs> How much closer to me, though? Uh, 83? Uh, 78. Ooh, poor borderlands so and remember we're taking the ps4 scores i think the xbox scores might have been a touch higher as they Um, usually are because they're better 
or because the people who play the Xbox games have a less critical palate, however you want to look at it. I thought it was based on reviewers, not not users. I, it is based on reviewers. That's what I'm talking about. Oh. Xbox reviewers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I kid, I kid. They're like, it's an Xbox. We shoot Ouch. things. It's a good score. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm totally Yeah, kidding. yeah. Um, I mean, they called the three. Every joke has a truth of, has a little bit of honesty in it. They called the 360 <laughs> the shooter box. I mean, come on. Uh, so Borderlands Three, I've played way more of this than you have. You uh, have. Where I and I can't help but notice that Borderlands Three was not in that ranking of games you're playing <laughs> to go back and finish. So uh, when did you play Borderlands Three, Josh? After Gears Five. <laughs> okay, so it's number four. Listen, uh, I'm more in line with the the critic review, I think, than my expectation. Okay. Is that is that probably obviously we'll do end of the year awards soon? Is this the most disappointing game of the year for you? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I I thought maybe in terms of what your expectations. No, were. not even close. Okay. It's not even oh, close okay. to the biggest disappointment. It's disappointing, but. <laughs> All right, next on the list then, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. I uh, kind of already spoiled this at the top of the show with the score that it got. It was the highest rated game. Of the only nine now in our list, um, and it got an eighty-seven. Josh, do you remember what you guessed this game would get? Uh, I feel like I got a lot of crap for giving my opinion on a Switch uh, bump, so I'm gonna guess I put it ninety-two. Josh, you guessed eighty-seven. Oh yes, <laughs> you got it exactly correct. That's I big for gave, me. <laughs> I gave it a Switch bump and said it ninety-three. Oh man, Donnie's uh, gonna be so mad at you. <laughs> uh what i know you definitely have played some links awakening Did yeah you finish it i didn't finish it um i really enjoy what i played uh the problem with links awakening is it does a really good job at killing your momentum and that's what happened yeah. like because you have to go consistently you have to constantly backtrack um and they don't always make it obvious to you where you're supposed to go on the map and how you're supposed to get there um so me trying to get to a specific dungeon i believe in the desert area mm-hmm. um it, it wasn't very clear what i saw on the map was the desert area or if it was in the blacked out area so i right. you know kept exploring all these areas it really kind of just um made me feel like i was wasting my time uh, but i still enjoy it and i will continue playing it uh it's just a matter of when uh, but i really enjoyed my time with it yeah, I hear you. I enjoyed the game as well. I kind of fell off because obviously Fall always gets busy, uh, but it's still the game that is booted and loaded on my Switch that I still go back to when I turn on my Switch, which isn't as often as it should be, if I'm totally honest. But yeah, really enjoyed it because as I said when we talked about it when we were playing it, it feels like Zelda. It feels like how I think Zelda should feel. It yeah, plays like how I think Zelda should play. Which I understand that things can grow and things can advance and things can change, but that's kind of what Zelda is for me. The so. score I would give it is actually closer to your score that you guessed than the score got. Gotcha. Okay. Well, one game that probably would appreciate if that was happening <laughs> is the next game on our list, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I kind of, you know, like I said, spoiled it. This was the lowest rated game uh, of the fall for yes. our list. It was also the game that the game that for the most part people who were able to mitigate their losses on this game are the people who did the best. Yeah. Uh it got a 55. Is yeah. where it's sitting right now on Metacritic is a 55. That's crazy. Uh Josh, you and I guessed the exact same score for this game. 
Okay. Do you remember what that was? Was it like 78? No, it was close. It was 82. We both said 82. Uh, And interestingly enough, we were on the high side. Most of the listeners are far smarter than we are (laughs) uh, and guessed in the 70s for this game. But still, um, 55 was what this game scored at. The person who was closest guessed 70. So even the closest person was still off by 15 points. (laughs) Wow. So have you you played the beta for this, correct? Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> and do you have any desire to go back to this game? Do you think you will ever actually play this game? I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's on sale uh, on Black Friday in a lot of places. and mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine why. I might buy it. 34 bucks. That's not bad. And I'm totally okay with you not buying it digitally. Well, maybe I will buy it digitally <laughs> if, if it's on sale on Xbox. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for the... Black Friday sales for Xbox and PlayStation. To yeah, see those are I'm not opposed to playing it. I understand that it's rated very low, and I. Uh, but I also understand that Ubisoft is working on fixing the game. So even if I buy mm-hmm. it and don't play it, I know that there will be a game there at some point. And if you think about it, this is probably the most powerful, impactful game of fall. Because for the, the contest? Re- <laughs> well, number one for that. But number two, the reception of this game single-handedly delayed Ubisoft's entire, <laughs> entire catalog. <laughs> announced catalog. Well, good. You know what? If they were about to release eight games that were as poorly finished as this game, maybe this is a good thing for all of us. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So, we obviously haven't played it, so I can't speak to how poorly that game is or is not, but if... They've I've seen said, plenty of clips online of how poorly it is. <laughs> that is true. I've seen some clips. It looks pretty rough sometimes. Uh, but yeah, so Ghost Recon Breakpoint, uh, fifty-five. That was a that was a rough one. Hey, it's no WWE two K twenty. That's true. That's true. And that wasn't <laughs> on the list. I had considered it, uh, and I kind of wish I had put it on the list. That would have been really funny. <laughs> but uh, next one on the list, though, it was a you know kind of another game that was returning to its classic form. Call of Duty: Modern Warfare came out October twenty fifth. Yeah. Uh, Josh, do you remember what you were predicting this game would get? Hmm. I'm going to guess 90? You, that's exactly right. Oh, look at me. You guessed 90. <laughs> I make informed uh, decisions sometimes. You do. Do you know what the game is sitting at currently? I don't know, but I'm going to guess either 91 or 88. Ooh, 81. Uh, oh, wow. That's way yeah. lower than I thought it would be. Yeah, so currently sitting at 81 on Metacritic for the PlayStation 4 version of Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, this is a game you and I have played, and we've played together a little bit. Yeah. How I wonder what you... the Xbox got for a rating. I think it was, uh, honestly, I think it was like two points higher. <laughs> it was pretty similar. Um, what do you think of what you've played of Modern Warfare? Is this a game that would sneak into your top 10 games of the year? Yeah, the story alone is way better than an 81. Uh, well, but I also mind, understand you have parts. to rate multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. And the Spec Ops stuff is hard. Is it? It is so hard, yeah. I get you know what eighty one's probably fair because I would I would put the campaign at a ninety three mm-hmm. for me and the multiplayer at a seventy for me so <laughs> it's probably a good rating. Yeah, so I've been playing a decent amount of the multiplayer. Uh, Josh and I played a little bit over this last weekend, and he commented about how high I was in a level because I'm fifty one or fifty two, and I was twelve. 
and Josh was 12. <laughs> and then I stated that, hey, I'm actually not that high. We were promptly put into games with people who were level 145, 146. Yeah, get so, that tier system working. Stop putting me in matches with people who are 100 <laughs> levels higher than me. <laughs> yeah, and it is interesting, too, that you know you have the Call of Duty League that starts off this January, the opening weekend where all 12 teams will be is in the Twin Cities, actually. So very close to me. <laughs> Uh, I actually considered getting tickets, but they were more expensive than I wanted to pay. So now I might see if I can go as media. We'll see what happens. Oh, you uh, should talk to Kevin. <laughs> He'll get you in yeah, there. I, I know. We'll see what happens. Um, but it's really interesting to me that they have a Call of Duty League, but there's no quote-unquote competitive ranked game mode in Call of Duty. That's true. Yeah, you're right. And that just kind of blows my mind that... Because in competitive Call of Duty, there's all these restrictions on things. You can't call in like UAVs and all this other stuff. But that's not a game mode that exists. So how do you, if you wanted to become the next great Call of Duty player, how do you practice? Yeah, that's true. So anyway, side note, not really relevant to the contest. But you guessed the 90. I actually guessed 82 on this game. Oh, no. I got an 81. So. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, the next game, though, is a game that I think... Uh, caught most people by surprise other than a few intrepid listeners that another game that came out also October 25th, and that is The Outer Worlds. Mm. You know, Josh, this is a game that a lot of people are saying is a game of the year contender, or at least easily in folks' top five. Uh, What would you guess the Metacritic score for this game is? Oh, man. 87? Oh, Josh, you're so good at this. 86. Oh, (laughs) nice. (laughs) What do you think you guessed it was oh, going to be? Uh, I guess low, I bet. Did I guess like a 78? 75. Oh, no. Because <laughs> of the fallout. I know. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Uh, and I guessed 80. So this is these are a couple of the games that made some differences at the end. And we'll talk about the end results when we get there. But uh, yeah, 86. I know you have played The Outer Worlds, but you have not finished it, correct? No, no. And actually, when you mentioned it, uh, it immediately made me want to play it instead of playing Gears Five first. <laughs> so, the, so it's number three now on the yeah. list. Is, is, yeah. is, it's number. Is three. Everything is pushed back one. It's everything is pushed back one. <laughs> After one and two. Yes. Star Wars: Death Stranding, Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds, yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. So Outer Worlds came out. I think surprised a lot of people. Um, this game. Like I said, finished at an 86. Only two people who sent in suggestions overguessed the score for this game. Really? If that tells you like where everyone was for it. Uh, most people had, you know, pretty, not bad scores, but definitely more lukewarm scores. And I think that makes sense. New IP, uh, Private Division was publishing, you know, a little bit smaller of a game. But, you know, Other Worlds, from all, all intents and purposes, seems to have come out as a winner. And I'm sure Xbox is very happy to have Obsidian in their stable now. Uh, like I said, sitting at an 86 currently on Metacritic. Uh, pulling into the last home part of the home stretch, the last third, the last three games. Uh, November 8th, that really weird Kojima game, Death Stranding, came out. We've both been playing it. Yes. Obviously very divisive. For sure. Where do you think, as a result of that, it is currently sitting on Metacritic? 85. Close. 83. Okay. All right. So, which is interesting when you think about how divisive this game is and how many people say how bad this game is. Yeah. And it's still sitting at an 83, which I think is kind of impressive for all the negatives I've heard. For sure. Definitely impressive. Especially since Kojima had to come out and say, like, 
people don't like this game who are fans of first-person shooters and they're giving us bad reviews. <laughs> right, right. Uh, what do you think you guessed it would be? Uh, well, I also remember Donnie being mad at me for giving a Kojima bump and calling me a fanboy, even though he's well, <laughs> on the Nintendo Shack. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't so, even talked about my score for the game yet, so just wait. So, uh, j- yes, Donnie, I still remember, and I'm still mad about it. <laughs> um, 92? No, you said you said it would get an 80. Oh, okay, good. All right. And I was giving a Kojima bump, and I got criticized yeah. for an 80? I said it was going to get a 94. <laughs> oh, good. That's good for me. <laughs> yes, it is. So, Only games uh, Josh likes, he gives good scores to. I gave it an 80, Donnie. Get off my back. <laughs> well, is 80 a bad score? No, according to... Well, whatever. I don't want to get more angry. I'm going to strangle Donnie at the meetup. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Death Stranding, you said this is the number two game on your list you want to finish before the end of the year, right? That is correct. For now. Based, <laughs> for now. Who it's knows? Changed. A couple games left. <laughs> Based on what you've, you have played so far, obviously yeah. you still have some work to do. Mm. Do you think this game will be in your top ten? Ooh, that's a good question. Um... It's definitely a contender, if not already in. And the reason why I say that is because I haven't really sat down to do my top 10 yet. It could right. it could firmly be in there at like six mm-hmm. right now. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely um, really high in my uh, thoughts for games of the year. Gotcha. All right. Next one came out just this last Friday. We're recording on Sunday. came out just a couple days ago. Pokemon Sword and Shield, luckily mm. for us, uh, the game Sword, Shield, and the Dual Pack all have the exact same score, so I didn't have to worry about doing math, extra math for it. Uh, what do you think that game is currently sitting at? How did we not do Star Wars? We did. It's the last one. Oh, it's one. the last one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, because I saw this, like, hashtag somebody lies, like, trending on Twitter. Who's the, who's the developer of it? Game Freak. Game Freak Lies. Hashtag Game Freak Lies. And I didn't know what was going on. Um, And to be honest with you, I I didn't pay too much attention. Um, So I don't know how it did. I don't even remember. If I I had to guess, like, my review score would have been, like, I I probably guess, like, an 86 or around that. Maybe 90 with a Nintendo bump. Um, But I'm going to guess the game's sitting because it is Pokemon. And it was just the gamers who were mad, not the reviewers, that it's probably reviewing at a 92? 81. Wow. Currently at an 81. Okay, that's way lower than I expected. What did I guess? <laughs> Actually, you guessed pretty close. You said 84 is oh, what good. you said. Uh, you guessed 84. So currently sitting at an 81. So apparently it's worse, uh, worse than, you know, Death Stranding and the Outer <laughs> Worlds. As good as Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Worse than Link's Awakening, you know, similar to Borderlands 3. So that's uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, have you picked this up? Are you going to get no, it No, uh, I tried to get it. There, was, Donnie posted a Facebook Marketplace sale where it was 40 mm-hmm. bucks or 37 bucks, uh, And right. it let me go through the whole process of purchasing it, even as far as PayPal processing the transaction. And then it told me it was sold out after that went through. So oh. hopefully they don't try to charge me the money. <laughs> still, because it's still in my install and processing status three days later. <laughs> uh, it's the old scam. You're out the 40 bucks. Yeah. Um, but I try to grab it. I will get it for my wife for Christmas um, because 
it's a game she will play. Um, I don't know that I'll check it out, but who knows? Maybe in will, February. <laughs> will you get Sword or Shield? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look at the Pokemon that are in each version. I think I picked the blue cover. I think that's Sword because blue's her favorite color. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the only reason why I picked that cover. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't ever played a Pokemon game other than, like I said, a little Pokemon Go. So I was considered getting this one, and I was going to buy it, but I just have too many things I'm not done with yet. And I know yep. if I buy it right now, I'm just not going to play it. And whether I buy it today or in a year, it's going to be $60 either way. So, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I might as well just wait. But with that, the last game, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order also came out that same Friday. Mm. Been overall reviews pretty solid. Uh, you know, Respawn, the developer. If you think about their track record, they've developed four games. Titanfall, Titanfall 2, Apex Legends, and this game. Yeah. Pretty good track record of games. That's a pretty good uh, track record. Yeah. Where do you think this game is sitting? Uh, 90? I appreciate the enthusiasm, but not quite there. <laughs> I saw the only reviews I've seen have been just like solid nines out of 10. Yeah. So that, that's why I assumed. It is currently sitting at an 84. Okay. It should be higher based on my experience right now, but that's still a, a good score. I think 84 is a really good score. And I think, honestly, uh, I get why it is where it is, mostly because there are a few technical hiccups. At least I've had. I don't know if you've had. There's a few technical hiccups. I think there are a couple rough edges, if you would, in the game. But overall, mm-hmm. I think as a, a good experience, this very much seems like an Uncharted one, an Assassin's Creed yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, where it's a great base um, and there can, you know, next game could easily be much higher than that. So, uh, but I think despite any misgivings or technical issues, I want to continue playing it for sure. Like it's something that definitely has its hooks in me and I'm, I'm looking forward to playing, even though I'm not a huge Star Wars person. Hmm. Um, so it's at 84. Um, Josh, here's the interesting thing. Prior to this game, when you added up our totals coming into this, we were tied. We always do this. I don't know how. I know we, we do were this. tied. <laughs> so the current game is sitting at eighty four. What do you think you predicted it would be? Uh, I can't. I'm trying to remember if I was taking into account how much they messed up Star Wars games. <laughs> um. So I'm. E- I either said like a seventy eight or a ninety. I don't even. I don't even know. <laughs> you predicted eighty seven. Oh, and you or eighty <laughs> four? I predicted eighty. Six. Oh no. <laughs> so I literally beat you by one, one point. point. Uh, shame. <laughs> I feel a great sense of shame. Uh the last game on the list then would have been Doom Eternal, which was originally slated to come out November twenty second, but as we now know that game has been pushed to March of twenty twenty. Um, and since it pushed out past that December 9th date we had indicated for any delayed games, uh, it is just dropped from the competition. So that left us with nine games instead of 10. Josh, your total score was 74. My total score was 73. Jeez. And yeah, we that Ghost Recon Breakpoint hurt us pretty bad. <laughs> hey, so. it, it teaches us one thing. Mm-hmm. Two things. One. You're a winner. Two, well, we're pretty. I think it just speaks more to how close we think about things. That's true. <laughs> as far as how, like the fact that people are surprised we've never met and things like that. I think yeah, it just fits uh, into that profile. <laughs> well, it is interesting though because there are definitely games that 
hurt me a lot and helped you a lot and vice versa. So it's like our, we have some very big swings in scores on particular games. And I'm trying to just find one here really quick if I can. Um, but a couple games like Ghost Recon Breakpoint, we had guessed the same score. So that wasn't a huge deal. But like Call of Duty Modern Warfare um, and the Outer Worlds are where like you lost a ton of points. But then I lost a ton of points on like Death Stranding. Hmm. So we definitely have places where we sung back and forth pretty significantly um, that were different from each other. So, and actually Borderlands 3 was the other big one because you had predicted 92 and it got a 78. So, <laughs> so that was your Death Stranding. Um, but overall, and we'll get to the winners here in a second and we'll have to, we might have to go to our winner with our hat in hand and I'll explain that here in a second. But uh, overall, impressions of the fall, the fall lineup of games, good lineup, bad lineup, surprising lineup. What do you think when we look back at fall 2019, what are we going to say as far as the quality of games released? Great lineup, surprising lineup. Uh, as far as, well, obviously the lineup wasn't surprising because we knew it, but um, surprising content put out from these games. I think with just the exception of Breakpoint, I think everything else was relatively well received. Yeah, there was a lot of good, but no quote-unquote great games this fall is kind sure. of what it looks like, right? We didn't have a Red Dead Redemption 2. We didn't have that game, that Metacritic score of 92, 93. We didn't yeah. have any of those this fall. Yeah, I think I value Outer Worlds way more than I value Red Dead Redemption 2, though. I agree, and I think we had a lot, and like I said, I think we had a lot of good games, and I tend to be someone who prefers good games, you know? Yeah, Outer Worlds for sure. The uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a lot of fun. I'm um, having a ton of fun with Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Borderlands, obviously, I put forty some hours into. Um, so yeah, I think there was a lot of good games this fall, but not necessarily a lot of great games. This and fall. you put twenty good hours into Borderlands Three, and then the other twenty were <laughs> That's bad. True. Hours. <laughs> That's true. I did put about twenty good hours into it. That is very true. All right. So as we had said, there will be three winners for this contest this year there is the winner who had the best score uh they will get a 60 dollar amazon gift card uh the second place person who had the second best score will get a 30 dollar amazon gift card and the person who had the most games the most scores exactly correct will receive a 20 dollar gift card now josh i had said that we might need to go with our hat in hand to our winner does that give you any clue as to who the winner of the contest was this year? No, I I, I could not even wager a guess at who won. That's true, because you do not have access to this document like I do. <laughs> uh, but the winner, with 50 points. I remember wow. You, uh, you had 74, points. I had 73. The winner had 50. Is none other than Big Daddy Donnie Reese. Oh, no. <laughs> it's called karma. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I thought it was really funny when you were talking 50... about <laughs> Breath of the Wild points. <laughs> 50 points. So congratulations, Donnie Reese. You have won Metafall 2019. And Donnie was the picture of consistency. He got no game exactly correct. But other than Ghost Recon Breakpoint, I think he was within like four or five points of basically every other game. Wow. So which is how he won. So nice job, Donnie Reese. You are the winner of the $60 gift card. I'll be in contact with you sometime this week. Second place. And like I said, I did say, hey, let me know how you want me to refer to you on the podcast. So second make, place. Make Donnie listen first. Don't don't reach out to him before he hears the episode. 
Okay. Well, okay. That's fine. Uh, second place was Diggs. Congratulations, Diggs. You are second place. You are the winner of, like I said, a $30 gift card. Uh, and you, Diggs came in with 55 points. Wow. So Donnie, nice so pretty cl- Yeah, so pretty, pretty close, but uh, Donnie definitely has some separation there. Diggs comes in second place at 55 points. Uh, and third, not third place, but technically the person Last who said place. $20. No, not last place. <laughs> I considered doing a last place one, but then I didn't want people to just guess like 100 for everything or zero sure. for everything. So, um, but last place, not last yes. place, but the person <laughs> who got the most games correct exactly. And there was someone who got two. That's it. They, they nailed two games exactly correct. No, in their nine guesses, they got two of them exactly correct. That seems low. I How mean, it's, it's got? at least five. You got one. <laughs> Uh, and that and that person is none other than Matt Knight. So congratulations, hey, Matt job, Knight. Matt. You have done quite well nailing two games. Matt nailed, and actually this was really interesting, it was the first two games, Gears 5 and Borderlands 3. Nice. So at the beginning, I was like, oh, goodness, Matt Knight is going to run away with this thing. Uh, and then basically it just became Donnie's consistency that over time just wore things down and uh matt's downfall unfortunately was uh star wars jedi fallen order he put that a little lower than maybe he could have and that's what resulted him in not being in those top two um but still very strong showing overall and like i said the first two games of the fall exactly correct so again congratulations to our winner donnie reese uh Diggs and matt knight thank you so much for participating we will have meta spring coming back in january um, so be on the lookout. Tell your friends, tell your family, let them know. Easy way to have some fun uh, that MetaSpring will be coming back in 2020 with a whole new batch of games. Josh, with that, I know we do have some listener-submitted questions. Do we want to cover those quick? Yeah, let's do it. Blake hits us with two questions, uh, two separate tweets. The first one is, oh, sorry, at Dopalicious, I should say, uh, favorite solo games? Question mark. He says, uh, with the move, slash stress, slash he's pregnant, uh, I find it nearly impossible to get my partner to the table. Oh, it's his partner. Uh, bonus for apps. Like, okay, so like uh, chicken fingers. I think I just need to pull the trigger on Raiders of the North Sea. So let's address this one first. Favorite solo games. I don't like solo games. <laughs> uh, however... I did enjoy playing Role Player from Thunderworks Games by myself. Uh, that was a fun game to play solo. Uh, and I think uh, just the fact that he reminded me Raiders of the North Sea is on the Switch, I think I do need to buy that uh, relatively soon. So I might also pull the trigger on Raiders of the North Sea. Um, as far as apps go, if you're thinking of solo games... Ooh, ah, you know what? There's a game... Ooh, I just hit my mic. That I wanted to tell, because I know... Splig likes Slay the Spire. And there's this game yeah. I found on my phone. It's a uh, deck building game. And I can never remember the correct title of it. Um, and now it's loading. So I can tell you the title. Um, but it's called Night of the Full Moon, I believe is what the title is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's really cool about it is uh, you can play the game for free. And when you do... You get to start as you're basically playing like Little Red Riding Hood, um, but you start as uh, you play here as a knight uh, class character. If you, uh, in fact, I like the game so much, I bought um, 
the full version of the game, which includes a ranger class, a nun class, a witch class, a magician class, an apothecary, a werewolf, um, and then there's also a sub um, story called Full Moon, uh, the Red Hood Diaries. Um, it's a game I consistently play every day. I'm not sure if it's on iPhone as well. I have Android. Um, but I want to see if I have the title right. Night of... Night of the Full Moon is the full title of the game. It's by Giant Network. Um, I meant to mention it last time we covered games we played. But it really is a game where you're fighting bad guys, you're leveling up, you're acquiring new cards, you're um, discarding or culling cards, you have abilities... And you can also upgrade cards. Uh, and the art is really, really good. Um, so I highly recommend Night of the Full Moon to anybody who's looking for an app deck building game. Uh, and the cool thing about apps is that they don't have to be solo games because you can just play them with either against the AI or yeah. randomly with other multiplayer people. So if you're looking at apps, I think, you know, find the game that you just enjoy and go with it. Uh, the only solo game I can ever recommend is because it's the only solo game I really play often and enjoy is Onirum, yes. uh, which also has an app and the app is great. Yep. Um, so if you're looking for that, it's a basic, I mean, it's very much just like kind of playing solitaire with a few different twists on rules. Um, but I really enjoy Onirum, so I would recommend that one. What was his next question? Uh, he says, uh, my nephew is turning 13 and enjoys gaming? Question <laughs> mark. I hope so. Uh, the only non-mass market game he has is Ticket to Ride. I was thinking Pandemic. Any of any ideas for a fun game for that age? So I did respond through us. Um, I, I think Pandemic is a, a great choice for sure. Um, but I, you know, I added in Sagrada, uh, I didn't say Splendor or Evolution or Century, but those games would be good. Um, Sagrada, I just said Sagrada, or Azul would be a game I would recommend as well. Do you have any other recommendations? Uh, I, I think that you're, yeah, that's a great set. The only thing, you know, when I was thinking about this question is kind of all of those general gateway style games you know when you get into Catan and all that stuff so i think everything you mentioned is great and i also think you know what are they into you know what do they really enjoy because some of the star wars games are really excellent as well um but yeah i think that that slate of games you announced listed is perfect great awesome all right hey one other thing i want to uh, update really quick because i was looking at this while um we were talking uh the person who won best streamer at uh Wicked. the golden joy the, at the golden joysticks Ewok, I find this interesting, so I'm going to read you a little thing. Salel Ewok Wheeler is a lot of things. She's a deaf 13 year old Fortnite pro. Whoa! The gaming team Phase Clan's first female member and the second one under 14. And as of today, this is from November 14th. Wheeler has become the latest prominent streamer to leave Twitch to stream exclusively on <laughs> Mixer. <laughs> Wow, I'll have to check so that there, out. Yeah, so there you go. I am now much, much more interested. Opening um, Mixer now. Yeah, so she has, she's not as big as some of the other streamers, but she has streamed with like Dr. Lupo, Tim the Tatman, and actually she streamed with Ninja um, after he said he wouldn't stream with women anymore. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So that's who Ewok is. So that is interesting. Um, but Josh, you know, obviously we're a gaming content, uh, gaming content, gaming podcast. But we do enjoy other things outside of games. 
Um, so we want to leave you with something else we're currently into that is helping us live a well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners this week? Well, if you are living on top of a rock, this will come as no surprise to you. Uh, my recommendation is it could be Disney Plus the service, but it's not. It's just The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Uh, there's mm-hmm. two episodes out so far. We talked about this on board with everything yesterday morning for us. Who knows when for you? Uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you want to listen to board with everything, seriously, just uh, donate one dollar <laughs> to B- to PSVG's uh, Patreon, and you can listen to all three episodes of board with everything. Uh, sorry for that weird plug in between my well-rounded life recommendation, but. For me, The Mandalorian hits so many beats, so many perfect Star Wars beats that it's, as I said on my Facebook post, it is way better than it deserves to be. I did not expect this to be as good as it is. Um, It's slow-paced on purpose because it is a series, but it's also easily digestible at about 30 minutes an episode if you average the two out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's filmed beautifully. There's some, like, you can tell there's budget constraints on a few of the CG animations, but most of it is practical effects, which <clears throat> is great for the show. Sorry. Right. <coughs> I'm choking up just thinking of it. Um, the main character, they did such a great job, uh, with how they handled him overall. He's not a superhero. He's not impervious to bullets he's not a superhuman he has moments of weakness he's very relatable and he has this awesome they did such a great job with his voice it's very easy to understand Mm -hmm. and it's it's very confidently spoken almost monotone voice which reminds me of like like the john wicks the han solos the indiana jones characters strong-willed characters like I really enjoy it a lot, um, and I can't wait to see where they're going because um, if you have been watching it, you know there's some unique uh, storytelling going on in The Mandalorian, so I can't wait to see where it goes. All right, Josh, to stay on po- you know, on brand for this episode, what do you think The Mandalorian's critic review score is on Metacritic? Oh, no. Um, I think it's tricky because of the Star Wars people. <laughs> Oh, this is critics, remember. Yeah, critics. I know, but there's still Star Wars people that are critics. Uh, I probably won't agree with it, but is it like a 79? 69. No way. That yeah. I mean, I believe you, but there's no way that it, that represents the show. Yep, that is what it's currently at on Metacritic. There's a lot of haters uh, out there, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so, my recommendation for you, obviously, is just going to, in general, be Disney+. Plus. If it's something that you are interested in the one thing I'm going to highlight if you have gotten Disney plus and the reason you got it is because of all the awesome Disney and Marvel content and the star Wars content. That's why you're into it. I do want to let you know that obviously Disney also has all the national geographic content, which also (laughs) means uh, something we have recommended previously free solo is on Disney plus. So if you have Disney plus and have not watched free solo, Please, please, please 
queue up that documentary and watch one of the most mind-bending documentaries uh, that you're ever going to see. And just things that make you go, huh. Uh, Free Solo, it is excellent. Definitely one of the better documentaries ever made, I think. Uh, And it is on Disney+. Plus. So if you have not watched it, I encourage you now to check it out. Uh, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Sure. Today, by the way, today I watched 41 episodes of Muppets Shorts. Nice! That's awesome! <laughs> the first thing I watched, I, I talked about on Twitter, was Muppet Treasure Island, so that's awesome. Yeah, it, there's a, well, there's a cool thing I'll, I'll mention before I get to getting out of here. If you go to Disney Plus and you go over to Search, um, before you type anything in, if you just go down in the Search bar, it has a bunch of pre-sorted um categories so it's like um cars muppets oh yeah yeah, yeah. darth vader um skywalker um uh, saga and then you just open that up and it has everything that would be lugged into that like it has cars one two and three plus all the cars tune shorts which you so, can just skip all of those that's fine well we watched them all today <laughs> i know i'm just kidding <clears throat> but yes my son loves them so we have to unfortunately uh, okay, so thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvgi at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Board with VG. So please feel free to use that hashtag as well on all your social media posts. And whatever service that you are listening to us on, we encourage you to give us that stellar rating. Uh, Whether it's downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at YSoSerious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. I am not going to be able to streamline all of my social medias, so I will figure something else out. Uh, unless I come up with a really unique name and just change everything to that one name. <laughs> so who knows? Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Uh, And looking ahead for the rest of the year, all of our episodes should release on schedule for the rest of the year. I don't think we're taking any time off. Uh, So you should be able to listen to us as you normally would um, throughout the rest of 2019 and into 2020. Not saying we're done. (laughs) this (laughs) This year, the holidays will not impact our release schedule. So be on the lookout for all those awesome episodes. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.